What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Phil and Leroy the Judgmental Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Phil. And I'm Leroy. So what's going on, Phil? Happy New Year. Happy New Year's to you, too. Not no, much. Just, just chilling. No black eyed peas. Um, no. I haven't no. had black eyed peas since I was like 10 or something. No chitlins? I don't, I don't eat that. I don't eat, I've hog. never had chitlins. No hog moths. I don't eat that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you stay up till twelve? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we always stay up till twelve. We have a glass of champagne. You know what I mean? Okay. But uh, they was doing fireworks, but it was so cloudy you couldn't see nothing. Fireworks where? In the, in this area somewhere. I just kept hearing the sky, and normally we could see them. It's like uh, I guess that's towards the direction of uh. Like McDade, where uh, Walmart at somewhere over there or something. Oh, okay. normally you can you normally you can see them in the sky and you can hear them, but it was so cloudy that you couldn't see them, but you could hear them. So, so this is a township thing. I think so. I'm not sure, but they do it every year. So, you know what I mean. I think I think it's like a community type of thing. Yeah, but okay. I did see uh somebody at the corner of my block. You know how we have the trolley at the end of my block. Yes. They dumbass drove right into the trolley uh, lane because you know how you're <laughs> supposed to go around the trolley tracks so you don't go in the track. Yes. And once you go into the track, that's your ass because it's like a ditch kind of. So your car is stuck. Right. And that's that's the second time since I live here I've seen somebody go in there. It's Drunk. like you got three. It's like you got three choices. You can go left, you can go right, or you can go up the middle where the trolley track is at. And they always pick the middle. <laughs> Drunk. Probably, but I saw it was a young girl. Because I seen a, and it was a young guy. I don't know if the guy was with her. Or he was just trying to help her because he was trying to push, and then he was trying to wedge something behind the back tire to try to like get it that that ramp to get it up. Right. But I said, oh, they they done. You know what I mean? And they was there for a little while, and the cops came out, and I seen a fire truck, and everybody was out there trying to get it. Well, today we got the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Washington football team. I want to say Redskins, but the Washington football team at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. The Eagles are a six-point favorite, and the over and under is 44.5. On the injury front, there's only one, really. Miles Sanders is out with a hand injury. Now, Jordan Howard was supposed to be out with, with the neck stinger, but he's uh, playing today. But they full of shit. For the Washington football team, William Jackson III is out with a calf injury. Montez Sweat, Sweat is out for personal reasons for his brother being killed, so uh, rest in peace to him. Now, uh, his brother was uh, uh, killed in uh, somewhere in Virginia, was shot. Mm, I didn't hear about that. So, yeah, rest in peace to the brother. <clears throat> we talked about the player scenario last week. Now, if the Eagles win today, they can clinch a playoff spot. If they win today, the Vikings lose. The Vikings lose. Who's playing the Vikings? Is it San Francisco? No, 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 no. Who's playing I'm not the sure. Uh, who's playing the Vikings? Hold, hold on, cause I know that uh Cousins is out with uh, uh with the COVID, so that helps us out a lot. Now, do that really help us? Because did they beat us the last time without Cousins? No, you talking about this is uh Minnesota. You talking about? Oh, oh no, Hinky Hinky is a, a Heineken. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He's playing Heineken today. Yeah, uh, who the hell? Oh, the Vikings playing the Packers. So uh, the Vikings are without Kirk Cousins for COVID. So you have to have a, a Vikings lose and the 49ers beat the Texans. 
So uh, they just have to, well, hopefully luck will be on their side because you know how these teams will play, especially with uh, Green Bay. There shouldn't be no luck. If everything goes as planned, it should be a wrap because the the uh, Packers are still fighting for home field advantage, so they need to win. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who was the other team, the 49ers? Yes. Isn't the 49ers fighting for a playoff spot too? Yeah, but you never know. I mean, yeah, they fight for a playoff he, spot. You're right, but you never know how that game going to go. Because didn't the Vikings beat the tech, the um, Titans? Didn't the Texans beat the Titans, if I'm not mistaken? So Te- uh, They pulled off somebody. Yeah, they beat somebody recently, and I was like, what the hell? Right. So you never know. All right, so what's your thoughts on this week's game? I think we should be able to kick the ass. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I would say uh, they don't really got a quarterback. They don't really got a running back. They running back is okay, whatever his name is. I think he had like eight hundred or nine hundred yards on the season. But they don't really have. They don't really have no weapons. I do like uh Terry. How you say his name? McLaren. Uh huh. McLaren. I like him. He's a burner. He can catch. He kind of reminds me of Deshaun Jackson, but he ain't got nobody that can get him the ball. So if they can't get him the ball, we ain't got to worry about him. Right. The defense. The defense was supposed to be their strong suit this year, but then they got all banged up and hurt. So you ain't really got to worry about them. We should be able to beat them easily. Okay, so what's your final score? It'd be like ten to twenty-three. Okay, ten to, uh, I, ten to twenty-four. Give me twenty-four. All right, so I have the Eagles four and Washington fourteen. We we so damn close on these scores too. By the way, as almost every week we do this, we always close on the score. What did you the say score. the score? What did you say? Uh, twenty-four to fourteen. Okay. So, uh, you don't, uh, uh, real quick, you don't watch Hard Knocks, right? Oh, I, I haven't is, watched it. Okay. I haven't watched it this season. I, I'll watch it like at the end. Uh, it's a funny part. Well, I thought it was funny with uh, our old boy Carson Wentz said that um, they were doing, uh, um, they were talking. All the teammates was all talking to each other. And Carson Wentz said, this is the, the most unselfish team he's been on and I bust out laughing. I'm like unselfish. You was the one that was calling plays. You, you called, you changed the play every, every time you, you, uh, <laughs> went right. to hike the ball, the most, the most selfish player on the team. And then he didn't even want to fuck with, uh, Jalen Hurts when they drafted him. He got all butthurt. Right. Didn't want to talk to him. Didn't want to help him out. You know what I mean? Usually like the veteran quarterback, even if you don't, you know, this guy's might steal your job when you don't like the pick, you still shouldn't hold no grudge against him. He ain't do nothing. Exactly. And I'm like, you was the main one that was being selfish. And it told me this is the most unselfish team you've been on. Well, you was the main culprit last year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bust out laughing when he said that. <laughs> well, well, as you already know, he's like him and him and uh, Frank Wright are buddy, buddy, chummy, chummy with each other. So he's he's happy there. Mm-hmm. And they talk about Bible, Bible verses and, and all that type of thing, all that type of stuff. He actually had a solid good year for them, too. Yeah. Well, they have a good running game. Well, like I said, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. They play good defense. As long as they can keep running the football, they play good defense. Mm-mm, they run the because, football. Uh, like you said, Carson went through some dumbass interceptions this year, so let, let that shit fuck him up again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, before we go, I want to give some shout outs. Uh, I forgot to talk about this last last week, too. So I want to give a shout out to Mr. Terrence Fields and his podcast, Talk With Seven podcast show. This is a podcast about life, 
advocate platform where the objective is to help men become stronger mentally. He gave us a shout out on his uh, podcast episode uh, 15. It's my birthday. That's the one I had uh, sent you. Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, so uh, shout out to him. That that was that was decent how he left us. That uh, well, damn, it was a seven minute interview and he talked about us half of the interview, <laughs> half of the uh, podcast. <laughs> or the next one, I want to give a shout out to brother Norman Murray and his podcast, Building Bridges, One Act of Love at a Time. His platform was created to build bridges between the world and church. He has sent us a message on our uh, on our uh, anchor podcast. Uh, when you when you go on the app, there's a well. You don't have to have an app. You can use the uh the the website. Our website um search PNL Judgment. No, no, is it Phil and Leroy? That's our uh, podcast homepage. Or you could just search our podcast, the Phil and Leroy Judgmental Podcast, and our podcast homepage should come up. There's a message icon there. You can hit that and leave us a message if you can. So here's a message that uh. Oh, of um, on our musical episode, the top five albums of 2021, I had uh, sent it to him. Sent it like, well, look, I don't know if this is your thing, but check out our our uh, episode of the top five music 2021. He he always listens to our podcast and he sent us this message. Hey, what's good, man? This is Norm from Building Bridges podcast. Shout out to you, my brother Leroy. Man, I appreciate you leaving the voicemail. Uh, appreciate your kudos on the episode man i love you guys when you're talking about those philly them eagles man that's my thing i'm born and raised in brooklyn new york but i'm a diehard eagle fan i know that's crazy but but yeah like like you said i think you hit it right on the head i don't listen to too much rap music it's mostly gospel music but uh i do appreciate what you guys are doing man merry christmas happy new year and uh, i just pray that uh your new year is blessed all right be safe all right, thank you, Mr. Norman Murray. And uh, on our top five albums, what well, on mine's it was only two rap uh, albums. On one, it was Common, so Common is church friendly. <laughs> 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 and on on Jay's, uh, Jay had one one rap album, so it's not a whole bunch of rap albums that we uh had picked. So mm-hmm. it's it, I, I I guess you could say it's church friendly, <laughs> unless you want to skip the uh the rap album that I had picked. <laughs> at our next podcast, our next shout out i want to give a shout out to gabe so gabe has a podcast his podcast is greatly titled gabe's podcast <laughs> his podcast right to the point yep his podcast <laughs> is based in sports and music and he left us a message here you go bill and leroy what's good this your boy gabe i just got your message i just want to tell you both that i appreciate y'all listening to my podcast i also listen to y'all podcast and i love that top five album episode that you and leroy did man that's pretty dope wrong person and by the way my social media instagram is at only being me 25 i follow back everyone on there and my twitter is at only being me 31 i follow back everyone on there i just want to tell y'all man y'all stay safe and a happy new year's i'm out all right, thank you, Gabe, from Gabe's podcast. <laughs> and that was Jay, Jay and me, not not uh, uh and Leroy. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, I would give a shout out to our ladies from the Girl Cave Lounge podcast. Their podcast is Uncensored Girl Talk. Now here's the uh message she she sent us. 
Thank you for vibing with the Girl Cave Lounge Squad. Thank you for pulling up and linking up with us. We appreciate the love and support. We're showing love all the way from Texas. San Antonio, Texas, that is. We appreciate the love and support. Follow us on all platforms, Spotify, Apple, um, Anchor. Hey, we aiming for iHeart, Pandora. Yo, just follow me, baby. Follow Phil and Leroy. You guys are so awesome. Thank you for showing love. And have a happy new year, a prosperous new year. Take a shot with me, squad. Take a shot. Cheers. And when I first listened to this, I said that, oh, she sent this to everybody until she said her name at the end. <laughs> <laughs> she she has a pretty voice. Uh, Lucci, she has a, a pretty voice. Um, she sounds like she's from New Orleans, but she says she was from Texas. So when you hear this, let us know if you're from New Orleans or not. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I we appreciate. What was you about to say? Say something? No. Yeah. We appreciate all the messages and stuff you send us, and uh, you all you you always send us uh good podcasts and all that stuff. And I'm forgetting to shout you out. So um, for everybody who does that, thank you. We we do appreciate it. Um, what else was I about to say? Uh, oh yeah, when it came, this is what I wanted to say before I started uh doing the shout outs. Uh, these are people that I normally talk from on a Facebook Facebook mm-hmm. with. Now, if you go on our Facebook page, it ain't really much there. So I do most of the correspondence on groups because, you know, there's different podcast groups. There's a black podcast. There's a um, sports podcast, sports promotions, you know, all those different mm-hmm. type of groups. So uh, I just do my uh, correspondence with on those groups. And these are the people that uh, I've, I've talked to. Or I sent sent a uh, podcast to. These are the people I I got from them. They're uh, from the groups. So um, I, I meant to say that before I uh, start playing uh, messages. Well, thank y'all for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you at halftime. All right, peace out. Eagles. All right, we back. The Eagles, it's halftime. The Eagles are losing 17 to 16. Here's some quick stats. We have Jalen Hurts, 9 for 11, 115 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Rushing, we have Jalen Hurts, three three rushes for 35 yards. And Scott, six carries for 15 yards. Receiving, we have Devontae, two receptions for 42 yards. And Goddard, three for 37 yards. On the Washington side, we have Heineken. 14 for 17, 169 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, rushing, you have Jared Patterson, eight rushes for 44 yards. Receiving, we have uh, McLaurin, four receptions for 37 yards. And Cam Sims, three receptions for 36 yards. Again, another shitty foot, another shitty first half performance by the Eagles. And like, yep. I, and like, and like you said, the, Defense coordinator let let Heineke throw the football up and down the field. It's like they we have no defense today. It's like uh this is like the third or fourth time this year that a, a backup bum ass quarterback was perfect from the field in the in a half. Now Heineke was like, I want to say like 13 or 14 right before that, before he started rushing for the clock. You know what I mean? There's right. no way he should have been 10 for 10. And he's a backup quarterback, third string type bull. Right. And the, the problem is we're not putting no pressure on them. We just letting our front four go. Any other team would tee off on a, a backup quarterback and just send a send a blitz, send the dogs, all type of schemes. We have none of that. Exactly. And uh, 
remember how they said how uh, Jared Goff, when Jared Goff first came in the league, that the coach would give him the play and tell him who to throw it to? Mm-hmm. I think they do that with Jalen Hurts also because you, if you notice him, he never moves his head around. He'll no, he always lock, lock in on his targets. Exactly. He'll he'll just go. The only time where he threw threw it to uh someone that was on the opposite end of the field when he did that running play. Well, he was scrambling. I'm sorry, and he threw it to uh, Goddard. Goddard was on the opposite side of the field. Mm-hmm. That's the only time where every time he he hiked the ball back and, and about to throw it, he just focuses on that side of the field that he's supposed to throw it to. He never looks around. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's got a lot to do with the coach too because. He's calling real bad plays. Now we real good at the run, but he's not. He's not really running the ball. He's still sitting there bullshitting with these. Fu- why? Why would we bring um the cornerback in on a play? We don't need him right. for that. Exactly. That was a dumbass play. You know what I mean? Yes. And and like you said, early in the game, you take the points. You don't keep going forward on fourth down. Yeah, and and uh now we're like. Five for nineteen on fourth down, worse in the league. But he keep going for it on fourth down when there's no need. Right, right. So we'll be back at halftime. I mean, at the end of the game. I'm sorry, we already have someone that uh wants to do the uh show with us. It's playoffs in the bounds, and this surely don't look like no damn playoff team. Well, they did that last week too. Fucked around in the first half and then turned it on in the second. So hopefully we do that again. Yeah, and you can't keep doing that. I know. (laughs) Well, we'll be back, y'all, at the end of the game. All right. Peace. Football team. Players. On the football field. All right. That's the end of the game. The Eagles pulled it off. 20-16, 20-16, some quick stats. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 7-26, 214 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Rushing, we have Scott, 14 carries, 47 yards. He actually had a good game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 7-44. Receiving, we have Goddard, 6 receptions with 71 yards, and Devontae, 3-54. On the Washington side, we have uh, Heineke. 27 for 36, 247 yards, and that costly interception at the end of the game. <laughs> we have Patterson, 12, 12 rushes for 57 yards, one touchdown. Uh, receiving, we have McLaurin, seven receptions for 41 yards. And we have Cam Sims, four receptions for 48 yards. Yeah, we have a guest we have on, from the Washington side. We have Mr. Reggie Coles. How you doing, Mr. Coles? Doing well, man. How are y'all? I'm good. All right, oh, so... Good. So how did you think your team did? Um, it's about as expected. Uh, when I think I speak for a good bit of Washington fans is that when you have Heineke as your as your quarterback, he's he's a he's a decent backup. And so as the years going out, you just waiting for the shoe to drop. You wait for him to do something to flow the pass or to make a bad decision or what have you. It just so happens that his bad decision this game came came right at the end as we were trying to drive. So um, it's about as expected. Um, if you talk to, to some some fans, some fans kind of split. Some fans want to win, to play out the string. You know, you, you never want to go in with a loser mentality. Some fans are like, it's pointless. You know, go go forward for a getting draft position. So 
um, in an eerie type of way, kind of ironic type of way, is the best of both worlds. You get a win, you feel good about it. You get a loss, you better your draft position. So, so all right, Phil, how do you think the Eagles uh, played? I think they did pretty much what they did last week. Crappy the first half, turned it up the second half. You know what I mean? Uh, we can't, like you said, we can't keep doing that. We need to come out with that same intensity that was bringing in the second half. We got to bring that in the first half. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Defense. The defense. Uh, saved the defense. The defense saved the day because they were still letting up and letting this guy sit back there in unprotection. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, no bliss, no pressure, just sitting back there picking us apart, and we can't have that. Right, because if you look at his stats, you would think like he had a real good game. I'm talking about Heineke with those uh 27 uh uh catches for 27 attempts. So you would think mm-hmm. that he had a good game, mm-hmm. but those all were like we were saying was short passes like he did, did before. Like pretty much he played like they, he played uh on a game on Tuesday. The same the same thing. Whereas though they let yep. him throw the football for the first half, then the second half they tried to uh uh actually really play football, the Eagles defense. And like you said, the the uh the defense pretty much saved the saved the game. And they also our next season, they have to they have to work on um Jalen with his uh like how we said, he only looks at the direction where he's gonna throw it to. He never looks around. You so, gotta do better skin in the field. I, I think it's more on. I think it's more on the uh, offensive coordinator, like you said. I don't think that's him. I really don't think that's him. Right. I don't think they came. I, I don't think they came out this year really trying to push the Eagles to go hard and try to win. I just. I think they was doing more of uh, see what we can got, test him, see if he can throw the short passes, see if he can throw the deep passes. Like throughout the year. They've been playing until we got on this hot streak where we constantly ran the ball. Before that, we were still trying to test out what Jalen can do instead of just playing to his abilities. You know what I mean? Right. All right, Mr. Cole. So next week, the Redskins oh, – I keep saying Redskins. I'm sorry. The Washington <laughs> football team plays the New York Giants. Is that home or away? That's in. That's going to be in New York. Okay. So how do you think – or do you think they're just going to uh, – take the loss and get the draft pick or actually go out and win? Well, I mean, knowing, knowing our coach, Ron Rivera is not, he's not built for losing for draft picks. He's, he's built to instilling them having pride and coming out wanting to win and play well. So I think they're going to come out and play hard. And then you, it's going to be hard to gauge because I mean, the giants, uh, they just weak as water. They are filthy right now. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you'll come out, you'll probably have a, some, some of your first stringers play, some of your second stringers play, get a good look at some guys for next year. But ultimately, I think they're going to come out to play to win. Um, I would expect them to win, and they would have to do something really, really crazy um, to lose to the Giants next week. So I, I expect them under Ron Rivera to, to come out and, and play hard and, and play for the win. Okay, so on your tweet on the 21st, you asked when is the draft. <laughs> oh, yeah. So- so, uh, <laughs> who are you looking for in the draft? So, so I was. I mean, everybody knows um, we we need quarterback help. So if you if you look at the quarterback class, it's not as strong as as in the past it has been. But you got some guys that got some real talent. Um, the guy that I wanted 
was the guy that played last night, but he got hurt. Matt Corral kid from um from Mississippi. I really like his skill set for the type of offense that um offensive coordinator Scott Turner has. Um, he's a he's a running threat. He also has a stronger arm. He's a he's a bigger and better version. Um, I think of Taylor Heineke. He can push the ball down the field, and he's also um he he also hurt defenses with his with his feet. So that's the kid that I want. But he got hurt last night. Nobody knows the extent of his injury. Um, the other kid, the, the um, Kenny Pickett kid out of Pitt, I think he's a bigger, stronger kind of pocket passer. Um, I, I like his his arm strength is a lot better than the other guys, um, but he's he's a little bit more standing the pocket perch type quarterback. I don't like the Sam Howell kid from Carolina. Um, don't like him. The kid from Liberty, he's kind of like a second tier, maybe third, fourth round pick type of kid, and, and we need somebody a little bit better than that. So hopefully the Corral kid is is good. He's not as hurt um, as is going to be, like, serious, and and we, we're we in position to pick him. I would really like to see him in our offense. Uh-huh. So, Philip, uh, next week the Eagles play the Dallas Cowboys. Now, it could be just a throwaway game, or it could be they have to win. Depends on what happens the, the day. So uh, what, how do you think the game is going to go? I think it's going to be a dog fight. You know, it's a division game. We need it more than Dallas. I mean, Dallas would like to have it, but they don't need it. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I think it'd be maybe a high scoring. Even we both high scoring, or they high scoring and just busting our ass. Hopefully, it ain't the case though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hope that uh it could be wrapped up tonight, so that so uh, next week's game could be a throwaway. Yeah, I hope that's, so. That's begging for the easy, you begging for the easy way out. Yes, <laughs> of course, because you know, uh, I, I don't. We uh, we gotta go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I don't. I don't trust they, the way they play. I don't trust them. I don't trust them to think that they will. They'll uh, be able to win out. Right, but uh, even still, Dallas is like our biggest uh rivalry here in Philly because you know a lot of uh, Dallas Cowboy fans here in Philly. Right. So they always posting shit, always talking shit. So we want to play them. We don't want to uh, get the easy way out. I mean, it's nice in order to get the easy way out where Dallas don't even got to show up. But it feels better when they come with their team, we bring our team and we bust their ass. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. So um, uh, which team are you rooting for, Mr. Coles? Because yeah, uh, Washington ain't in it, so it's going to have to yeah. be either the Cowboys I mean, or Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I see this. Um, you, you, you would probably have to check the mental capacity of a Redskins fan that's, that's rooting for Dallas. Um, <laughs> my, my, cousin, uh, my cousin and I grew up. We, um, I'm from the Richmond area, and so we grew up two days he's two days younger than me he was always a philly fan because he was a big randall cunningham fan so we we would go back and forth with each other since we were little kids about redskins and eagles um so i'll, I'll pull for the eagles um you know because I'm, I'm not gonna pull for dallas i'll pull for the eagles for my cousin um, <laughs> hopefully they you know they could do what i mean I, and also i think dallas has a chance to be able to be the number one seed if some things break the right way and i definitely right. don't want to see them being the number one seed um you know, as as much as possible, you if you're a Redskins fan, you want Dallas to lose at, at any given cost. So I, I'll I'll be an Eagles fan next week. All right, thank you. We need your support. That's what's up. We got a yeah. I was about to say the same thing. We need your love. But um, let me ask. 
Let me ask Roger, what do you think about Jalen Hurts? Do you think he's a, a capable starter or do you think he can be a star? Um, I think it depends depends on how they use him. So, I mean, I think that if they can devise an offense, a good read option scheme offense where he's constantly putting stress on the defense with the threat of running and you got people um, on the defensive side trying to spy him, trying to scheme up to, to keep him in the pocket and then opens up stuff down the field. Once you get some development from from some of your other wide receivers, he could be a superstar because the Devontae Smith kid, his speed is, is ridiculous. Like, we were playing eight, nine yards off him all game, and, and especially in the first half. And I'm like, I mean, like, somebody somebody check him. But I understand his speed. And then Goddard, Goddard is a good good safety valve for him as a tight end. And if you can get some good compliments to Smith, some guys that can, like Rager, I think they got problems catching shows up every now and then he'll flash <laughs> but i mean everybody now knows okay philly philly wants to run the ball and they got they got the, the sanders kid the boss the sky kid you know they, they can they can run the ball well if you could devise an offense next year and get some people around um Jalen hurts that can catch the ball as a good number two and number three receiver um he he can be a superstar if he's in the right scheme and he has some good weapons around him yeah, the thing about okay. Devontae is they need to uh, give him more targets. He needs to have more targets instead of this two and three, three uh, receptions. So he had three receptions a day. Now, how many targets was it? It had to be five, maybe. Because mm-hmm. I, I I know mm-hmm. one was that long that long uh, bomb he threw that he he overthrew it. That's the only well, target. Oh, uh, he's still. Yeah, he's still a rookie, so we can't really count this year yet. You know what I mean? But next year, with him being number one, that's when you want to see a, a, a load up on uh, targets his way. You know what right. I mean? Now, okay, now next year. He's still, he, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say he's uh, real close to getting 1,000, and I know he want to get that 1,000 yards on the season. I think he got like 900 or something like that. Yes. So they're probably going to like throw him some more balls next week to try to get that for him. Right now, so next season, are you re- are you seeing a, a overhaul of the wide right receivers or the same crop or what? We can't we can't keep doing it every year using picks like that. I think um, I think we got to stick with what we got. Maybe pick bringing another guy because of the slot. I don't know who we got in the slot. I think it's Rieger or is it Quez Watkins? But like you said, those guys are sometimes man. Sometimes they can make the catch. Sometimes they can't. You need somebody with short shot hands. We should have kept Ertz and, and ran with two tight ends. I don't know why we get rid of him. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. But see, I think uh well, you know, JJ Whiteside is gone. Uh maybe he Greg being wasted pit. Yeah, maybe Greg um Greg, Greg Ward. Ward. Yeah. Maybe Greg Ward is gone. I think they'll keep uh uh Devontae, of course, and Rieger. And and, and- Quez, he's not going and Quez, Quez, I'm sorry. He's only second year. Yeah. And, and yeah. Quez. That's yeah. why I said, I, I said, we can bring in a guy. I wouldn't use a first-round pick on him. We can bring in a guy and, you know, right. see what he about. Right. So, Mr. Coles, you're from uh, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Um, the only time I've been in Richmond, Virginia is going to uh, uh, King's Dominion. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. And that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what it was, especially back in the day. You, I mean, people know Richmond for for Keys Dominion. If you out of the area, you you're not gonna get me to 
too many people coming to Richmond because DC is right there, or you just skip over Richmond to go to Virginia Beach. So, but yeah, that's 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 um that's home for me. Right. Oh uh, oh, I forgot uh, Bush Gardens also. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's Williamsburg. So you closer to you closer to Hampton and Virginia Beach than you are Richmond if you go into Bush Gardens. So how far is uh, Richmond from uh, Charlotte? Um, that's a four-hour trip. That's a four-hour drive. Oh, okay. I thought it was closer than that. Yeah, so it's a, it's a four-hour drive. How do you like uh, Charlotte? Because that's a place that I always wanted. My family is from North Carolina, but they okay. always they always at the end towards uh, South Carolina. They more yeah, well. You, what, yeah. you heard a woman woman to North Carolina, right? Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. Spend yeah. time in Wisconsin. We do um we do our job retreats over there. Yeah, well, my family is uh, from Bolivia, North Carolina. Wilmington okay. is like the big, the big city next to yeah. them. So we they down all the way at the end towards South Carolina. So I always wanted to go to Charlotte. Uh, Philip, you've been there, right? Yeah. How is it? A uh, question for both of us. Been there. I haven't been there in a long time. I thought, I thought, uh, I thought it was nice. I mean, I like South Carolina more because just like. Everybody was more friendly in South Carolina than it was North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina had like uh, North Carolina. I forget what part I was in, but uh, that area. My cousin was living down there. And we went to go visit him, and we hung out in the hood. It was kind of nothing different from Philly, really. You know what I mean? All right, yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte is nice. Um, Charlotte reminds you because it's growing by leaps and bounds. It reminds you of like a little brother to Atlanta. So, you know, folks move here. Um, Charlotte used to be kind of slow until the banking hub got here in the, like the late 90s. And then once the banking hub got here, you had Bank of America and at the time it was Wachovia before they became Wells. Um, so the banking hub came here and then everything started to explode. They started, you know, building and developing. And now people are moving to Charlotte like people were moving to Atlanta in the like nineties and two thousands, like Charlotte is, is like that now. So like our school system is booming because it's bursting at the seams with families moving in. Um, you always see development with apartment complexes and housing developments going in. So, so Charlotte is really, it's really booming and it's, it's starting to be like the, the big time city in the South, like Atlanta was um, a few years ago. And you have public transportation here, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, and how is it? Is it like you could depend on it or? Yeah. So it's it's growing. Um. And so one of the big things that was really really good for um for Charlotte was um the mayor Anthony Fox. He had a big hand in the Democratic National um, Convention coming here when Obama was um, elected. And so one of the things that was kind of his reward was that he was awarded Secretary of Transportation when Obama actually got elected. So. A lot of the funds and a lot of the projects that were kind of hanging in the balance, he got pushed through when he became Secretary of Transportation. So you got light rail that is is booming now. Light rail wasn't here a while back, and now you have light rail from the northern end of town all the way through downtown to the southern end of town. Um, of course, you got the bus system, um, and they're revamping. They're revamping the airport. So um, you got public transportation that's really, really good. You got um, um, the uh, cable car system, kind of similar to what it is in San Francisco. Um, so you got a lot of options to where you don't have to drive. Um, and a lot of things are centered around working downtown in the um, in the financial district. So if you can get, um, you know, young, successful, up-and-coming families, 
families and get them somewhere close to public transportation where they can get to their home to downtown really easily. That's that's the big appeal um to come to Charlotte. And people just people just really flock to it. So it's it's really good and it's it's um lead to the growth. Okay. So 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 since Ric Flair is the king of Charlotte, <laughs> who, who's the prince? Lamelo Ball? Because it, it's uh, not Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not Cam anymore. Um, you know they they did a good job. His coming, as a matter of fact, he came back when um when the skin when uh, Washington came back. They haven't won since, but I mean you know just just kind of sentimentally he is. But um, you would probably have to say you would probably have to say the ball kid um, with you know with basketball. But I mean Jordan Jordan's of course the you know every flair. But Michael Jordan owning the Hornets, you know Jordan Jordan could do no wrong. Right. <laughs> so uh, what's your favorite team? Is it the Wizards or the uh, the Hornets? So I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big Wizards fan at all. Um, I'm I'm 44, so I grew up in the Jordan era. Um, I was kind of more of a Jordan and Scottie Pippen fan. I really didn't have an actual team that that I really liked. I just liked a lot of different players in the league. But um, no, I'm I'm definitely not a not a Wizards fan. Um, you can kind of follow the Hornets because you don't have a choice living in Charlotte. You got to follow them. As a matter of fact, my wife my wife got me some real good tickets to the Hornets game when they play the Bucks next week. Um, so you just kind of follow it just to follow the NBA. But I don't really have an NBA team. They they have a good offense, but they like kind of lack on defense. Yeah, and yeah, they, I, I and maybe it's me, but they shoot too many threes. Well, you know that's the that's the league now. That's the that's the problem I have with the entire league. I I played I played college ball down here, and we grew up you know playing defense. You don't yes you don't, you don't get layups. Like you don't you don't spread me out and get a chance. Somebody just get to the cup. You just watch them lay the ball in, and you don't just let people. Like dudes don't box out anymore. They just shoot the three and they okay. Well, we are gonna run down the other end and we are gonna shoot another three to match your three. Like no, you got to play some defense. That's that's part of the reason why I don't like the league. I'm, I'm more partial to um to college basketball, but yeah, the league is just we just gonna shoot threes and whoever scores 140 points first that's gonna win. I, I don't, I don't pretty I don't, much. Yeah, I don't right. like that. So uh, you, Phil, and I are the same age, and Phil and I always say the same thing about the N- NBA and the the step back three. Now you know a step back three. Now you went to Winthrop University, correct? Okay. Now yeah, you played college ball. Now can yep. you imagine back then? So you were playing like in the mid nineties. So, so I did ninety five and finished in ninety nine. Okay. So imagine you you uh getting to the court <laughs> and performing a step back three pointer. What would your coach would have done? And I would be sitting right beside him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right beside him. <laughs> we always say the same thing. Like a step back three for it's a, statistically it's a bad shot. But these guys mm-hmm. just continually keep doing it. Yeah. And it's well uh I was gonna say uh What's the name mentioned that the other night and they got on him a little bit? LeBron James, when he said uh he more worried about scoring with efficiency and not just jacking the ball up. Mm-hmm. And and he's right because they're they're praising Steph Curry and them right now because they're kicking ass and he's putting up a lot of scoring. But Steph Curry has his worst field goal percentage in years and his worst three point percentage. I think he ranked like 41st in the league in three point percentage. So his numbers are down, but because they're winning, they're praising him and not even talking about that. But he goes 
four for 15 or three for 12, and they don't talk about it. But then the next night when he five for eight or or six for, for seven, then they go crazy about it. Right, exactly. And uh, what about how these big guys uh, never post up, never have their back to the basket, but want to sit and shoot three-pointers? It's well, that's Anthony Davis. This year he shoot. Anthony Davis shooting 19% this year, and he still jack him up when he get a chance. Like, dude, bang down low. Take a mid-range jumper. Why you got to keep shooting threes? Exactly. And that's what I love about, about your guy. Um, be, he'll take a couple of threes. But we know, like, back in the day, like, when Pat Riley was the coach of the Knicks, and he would put his fist up in the air, like, we're going down bottom to Ewan. So, so like, if he, you know, okay, like, when his threes ain't falling, let me get down here. Y'all give me the ball right here, and so I, I do like that. Like you said, the, the big guys that like to just shoot the three are like you're not a you're six eleven. Like you you seven foot one. Stop you you're not dirt and busy. Just stop it. Just get down bottom and let somebody get you the ball in the post and let's let's work from there. If you get a double team, now we can swing the ball around, we get a good open shot. But like this whole spread out and my seven footer shoot threes, my six foot three dudes, my six foot six, everybody just shoot a three. I, I really can't stand that. Um, like I said, that's what I like about Embiid. Embiid, he'll like to shoot, but at least he knows. Let me get down here in the post a couple of times and let me work the post. So, well, uh, well, me and Phil and I always complain about Embiid doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to chime in to see that, but I'm like, whatever. But, but go yeah, ahead, I Phil. Mean, listen, with the, to compare against, like you said, Anthony Davis, like he seemed like he never wanted to do it's, you know, at least in B, it's like, okay, I do it a little bit. You know, he still like to shoot, but at least he know I'll do it a little bit. The rest of these big guys are like, okay, I'm a three-point shooter now. No, dude, you you not. We got enough dudes that can shoot threes. Right. So, like I said, you, Phil, and I are around the same age. Let me ask you another NBA question. Is Tracy McGrady a Hall of Famer? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, we, we getting serious now. So, um... From from individual from individual impact on the game, I would agree that he is. From accolades and accomplishments, it's arguable that he's not. So, like as as an individual and as a as a guy who could just come out and score and impact the game individualistically, I I think I think yeah, you can make an argument for him being in. But when you start looking at okay, how that impact, how that individualism, and how those stats individually led to like accolades and accomplishments and championships. And, you know, he had a couple of deep playoff runs where they, you know, they put Houston, put Houston on his back, but it really didn't, it really didn't materialize into like championships or, you know, championship appearances. You can argue that, yeah, you just did a whole bunch of individual stuff um, and didn't, didn't lead to, to championships. But exactly. I think, yeah, you can argue, yeah. Right. So, and say so I, I always say like Trace McGrady is almost like a big Iverson. Those guys, those guys was flashy and light and. Light. What were you saying? I said I was about to say the same thing. I, I agree. Right. So they'll they'll light a team up individually and just kill you, like put up crazy numbers. He even led the league in scoring a few years, but when it came to winning, he wasn't really a big winner. But but Allen Iverson took his team to the championship. He did, he did and win. the league MVP, um, right. and and so it, and I I gotta I 
no disrespect that we actually played obviously the state championship when I was at high school and and they took they didn't take it. He they they won it. Um but we was we was real close. We was up five until like two minutes left in the game and then the last two minutes, if you if you ask anybody from my high school team what happened the last two minutes, nobody remembers. It, it, <laughs> it, it, Eleven points came out of out of nowhere and they won by six. We have no idea. But so but I respect obviously he actually lives in Charlotte. I respect his game. I respect what he did for the league. And the one thing I would say about obviously that could that could submit um him being in, in the Hall of Fame is that he changed the league culturally. Like he bought the hip hop era to the NBA and you can, you can pin that largely, not only on him, but largely on him. Um, yeah. And you had kids now interested in basketball that had braids and the big white t-shirts and the long chains. Like he was a, he was the big premier person with that. I don't and know that you can say the cultural influence that, that T-Mac had. On the league. He was just, he was just a score um, with a lot of stats, but you know, I was at the same thing, but he had like I said, the cultural influence. Well, another thing. Yeah, I don't care he, about that culture stuff. No, 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 no. Hold on, <laughs> hold, hold, hold on now. Another thing that he's done is look at all these hybrid uh, point guards slash shooting guards. I don't know what you want to call them, shooting point guards, because they weren't like. Well, that yeah, I give you that because because the short guy had to be the point guard. He made it so the short guy can be the shooting guard, but it fucks your team up in the long run doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, uh, you cold, you cold on your guy. <laughs> well, since we again, since we all the same age, here's another question I want to ask you: Have have uh, any of you seen that Tracy McGrady documentary? No, we had one. Yeah, uh, anything's possible. Uh, Showtime. Uh, I I liked it because you know I remember all that stuff going on back then, but. They kind of danced around. They kind of danced around the issue. It was two issues they danced around. That they danced around at about the uh, him uh, coming going to high school straight to the NBA, and mm-hmm. they danced around when he got that big contract. What was it like six years for one hundred twenty million dollars? Mm-hmm. They they danced around it for the uh, race issue because when you when when you're black and you do something that. You can do, but not supposed to do. You get a lot of shit. Uh, they they got on him because he was coming from straight from high school to the NBA. Nobody thought that you can do it. But right. since since he had the size, he has the everybody couldn't do that. But he had the size. He had the size, and he had the ball handling ability. He can shoot, so he he can easily came into the NBA, and he got a lot of shit for that. And he got a lot of shit for that contract. They always give the Black, black, I'm gonna say black men shit when they do something that you can do, but you're not supposed to do. Cause you know, we're not supposed to ask for a whole bunch of money and we're not supposed to go straight to the NBA when there's uh, hockey kids and there's baseball kids go straight from sitting in a high school class to a million dollar contract next, the next week. Oh, absolutely. But, but they absolutely. never mentioned that. And I'm like wondering, like, are they going to mention this in this documentary? They never brought it up. Well, and and so and you mentioned about our white counterparts with baseball. They've been doing it for years. And yes. Like kids, I know kids in Charlotte who are, you know, asking their parents to borrow $10 for some pizza one week and then going to buy their parents brand new pickup trucks with their new baseball contracts the very next week. And on top of that, you mentioned the cultural piece. Nobody talks about <clears throat> how the the white owners 
they exploit our brothers in in kind of in other countries. They go down to Central and South America and find baseball players, and they exploit them and right. bring them here and lie about their age and mm-hmm. and bring them here. And then when things happen, like either with you know legally or what have you, leave them out to dry. Nobody mentions like how how white folks work the system that way. But like you said, when black folks find success to be able to do some of the same things, it's a problem. So I I do agree from that standpoint. Right. Well, speaking of the baseball thing, did you see the real, do you watch real sports? No. No, you mean on HBO? Yes. Yes. They did a a piece about, uh, I think it was real sports. They did a piece about the, uh, as you mentioned, the South America players and uh, uh, the the island players, you know, uh, Cuba and and uh, uh, Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. they they'll uh, they I guess they're kind of sort of agents. And well, you know, when they come here, when they get signed here, they really don't have any money when they when they're um and into the minor leagues, they don't have money like that. Mm-hmm. So these people come together and they're kind of like agents, and you sign these guys for for uh. They you sign these guys for fifteen percent of their future earnings, so it's like a gamble on the, the people that sign them front because the guy might not be anything, but then mm. again, the guy might get like a two hundred million dollar contract and you get fifteen percent of that. Yeah. So yeah, they also doing that. That also. Uh, did did you see did you see the uh, and then you see the uh, King Richard? Yes. Now, did you see when no, the dude with, was uh, signing them to a fifteen percent of their future earnings? The, yeah, the, like, can you imagine how much is that their future for both of them? And 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 I like the part where he put it on on Venus and it was like, Venus, what you want to do? And she was like, mm, Nah, I don't want to sign it. And then I was right. like, That's good. That's that's really really smart. Good for her. Um, for her saying no to that. Yeah, because. Especially when you so young, and they they showed a little bit of it, but Jennifer Capriati, yeah, like she was she was hot when she was fifteen, and she was real real talented. Yeah, but she got around some foolishness, and the people that you sign don't keep you out that foolishness. You got agents and handlers and whatnot, but they don't keep you away from drugs and partying and all that. And she flamed out real quick. Mm-hmm. And I also like the part where uh, he took them out of the junior competition. Because he yeah. wanted them, to, he wanted them to be kids. Like just practice, go to school, and be a be a child. Yeah, I thought, he, yeah. I go thought ahead. that was good. He he he, and that and the dude, the dude that brought them down, there, he was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, okay. Well, yeah. well, like, what you gonna do? Like, yeah. I mean, do? <laughs> <laughs> so so Phil, uh, it, it's not really we're not really giving giving much away about. Well, it's a book, so you pretty much know the story anyway. Um, so. He took them out of the junior competition when they was in in California, right? So uh, he got with the guy in Florida. So the guy in Florida uh, bought them, bought the family. So oh yeah, that's another thing they did. He was going just going to take Venus, Venus and Venus and Serena to Florida. So the uh, the family said, "Oh no, you're gonna have to take all of us." And you're gonna have to give me a job. That's what uh Richard Richard said. You're gonna have to give me a job. So <laughs> so and and um and a, a mobile a mobile uh uh trailer. So they, home, yeah. yeah, so they, <laughs> so he could drive to Florida. So the guy was like, Yeah, all right. 
So when he get there, Dennis, when he told him like, um, oh, no, they're not doing any type of junior competition. And the guy was like, live it. Like, what? Like, how did I join the competition? He's like, no, I want them to be children. And that's it. And when they're ready, they're ready. And uh, he was like, well, what are we supposed <laughs> to do? He's like, practice. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good movie. <laughs> and uh, I don't know when this Oscar stuff is happening, but that should be on a, on the Oscar list. And Will Smith played actually played a good uh, role, too. Yeah, he did. And like the. When he told the dude, he was like, not only are you going to give me this mobile home, when I get down there, you better have a house for me. And, if, and like, he he yep. worked this dude, and it was so good because, you know, like, white agents and owners and general managers, they work black athletes. And they end up taking so much well, from black athletes and take advantage of them. To see them flip, to see him flip the script. And, and not so much that he flipped, well, he did flip the script, but, like, it, everything was around him not being that educated but he yeah. was educated and street smart enough to work this white dude into a house a mobile home <laughs> a like job free food to do and the dude just yep. talking to himself he's like man come by you come get these hot dogs and hamburgers anytime you want come in he's like okay cool 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 yeah so like now you have you lodging my family you feed my family and i'm gonna tell you no they're not doing junior competition we're just gonna live here and yep. practice and be kids <laughs> that white dude is hot as fuck he got him. exactly uh -huh. he got him good too well yeah yeah i'm gonna check it out i'll probably watch it tonight it's almost like uh the thing is we gotta beg for stuff and ask for all of this stuff when if it was somebody else they would probably just offer it to him you know what yeah I mean? true yeah true Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The military the same way. I was telling everybody about the military. A lot of times, if you don't know about bonuses and stuff like that, they won't tell you about it. But if you know about it, that's when you can get it. And that's bullshit. Everybody should be offered that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I agree. All right, Mr. Coles, you want to give us your uh, social media? Right. So I'm on um I'm on Instagram at uh WU Alumni 31. Um, WU Alumni 31. Um, I would like to take this opportunity um, to shout out my godson. My godson is a 13-year-old DJ here in Charlotte. He's probably like the hottest young DJ. He's really, really good. He's only been doing it for a little over a year. Um, his Follow him, please, at Wildcard the DJ. Um, he actually he actually hooks up with, um, it's a lady up that way, DJ Neek Nice. She does the um, kids DJ cafe where she shouts out and puts a um, puts a spotlight on the kid DJs around the country. He hooked up with her um, when he first started DJing. So um, he has a, also a um, a spot on Internet radio um, on Wednesdays, which is Wildcard DJ Wildcard, um, which is Wildcard Wednesdays on Flavor One Radio. That's Flavor F L A V A, the number one radio.com. So. Um, you know, while you giving while you giving me a follow, I just jump on Instagram every now and then, um, just to talk about risky and stuff. <clears throat> follow my godson, Wildcard the DJ at Wildcard the DJ. Um, really, really good, really, really good kid, really, really great DJ. Um, so just want to take that opportunity to shout him out as well. Okay, thank you. We'll we'll uh follow follow him. I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, we'll it. All right, Mr. Cole, thank you, and uh, sorry about your team, but there's always the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, I appreciate the invite, man. I love what you guys are doing with the podcast. Thank y'all for, for inviting me. Um, good luck to y'all. Y'all in the playoffs, man. All you need is a chance. Once you're in it, 
you know, all you all you need to do is be in it. Anything can happen. So good luck to y'all the rest of the way. Um, we'll see y'all in the draft. And uh, maybe next year, anytime y'all need a, a Washington fan, just 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 look me up. Love to come on and talk with y'all. All right. Thank you. Absolutely, right, cool. man. I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all, y'all right. be safe out here. You too. You have a good okay, day. Okay, man. You too. All right. All right. Peace, brothers. All right. All right.